Say what family? Good lunchtime, good afternoon, good dinner time, good evening. Hello and welcome back to the Say What podcast. If this is your first time here, welcome. My name is Hannah and I'm just honored that you're spending part of your day here with us. I gotta be honest, guys. I just woke up from a nap because I was preparing to record this podcast all day. You guys know that I've been liking my Saturday morning recordings. And so this morning I woke up and I was like, I'm going to record the podcast. And then I just wasn't in the mood. I wasn't feeling it. And it's been one of those weeks where I was like, I don't think I have anything to say. If I'm being quite honest, I was like, I have no idea what I'm going to record. I had a big breakdown on Tuesday about it. Um, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I, um, I'm i out of things to say, which is always my biggest fear, which is not true, but it definitely felt that way. And so today I was like, I just, I need to record. I have to record. I want to record, but I don't know what I'm going to say. And I have kind of an idea, but I don't really know. And um, like usually I write out an outline, I have my points and I have my topics and I like follow a, a plan and my plan was not getting put into the Google doc because I couldn't figure out a plan. <laughs> uh, and so I was so stressed and I was like, I'm just gonna take a nap. That's going to make it all better. And I woke up from my nap and I was like, okay, I can do this. I can record this podcast. I think, I think I can do this. You know what friends naps saves lives, naps save lives lives. And that saying is not my own. I'm I'm going to shout out my friend Nikki from the founded and funded group that I am a part of that I went to the business retreat for. She said that and I was like, you're absolutely right. Absolutely right. So that is the state of being that I am coming into today with. Um, I just felt like being really honest and really authentic with you guys about this because that is just where I'm at. I was like, Ooh. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know. I don't know. That was a weird sound. Just feeling a little blah. But I did decide what I wanted to talk about. And this actually came from you guys, which I love our community. And I love what we talk about on Instagram because it's just the best. But I posted a story talking about sex being put on a pedestal and how that affected us, um, you know, as teenagers or even young adults trying to figure out what we wanted to do in our like sexual lives and how it affected us. And we didn't really know it because we were justifying so many things because we put sex on a pedestal and like, where did that come from? And I just kind of like posted a quick thing about it. Like it wasn't a full like thought out thing. And I had a ton of responses. And so I was like, okay, this is what we need to talk about today. So we'll get to that in a second. Um, But before I get to that, I like to give some life updates. And I only really have two things. And one of them is like, halfway happy and halfway sad. So, and the other one is just sad. So, uh, I'm, I'm fine. I promise. I'm actually, I'm not really fine. It's, you know, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're pushing through my email list. People know that things have been hard, but it's okay. Anyways. Wow. That got authentic fast. Okay. Merch. I need to give you guys a merch update. So I had all these designs. I had all these plans. I talked to you guys about how we're switching to using someone local Well, um, every single thing is out of stock. I'm not joking. I was working with this guy and he was super confident that we were going to be able to do this. And then he sent me an email, basically like one, two, three, four, five of all the items I had. and was like, I'll just be straight up. He's like the large pink, the, the pink hoodie is out of every single size, every single place. And I was like, cool. He's like, there are no pink hoodies out there right now. And I was like, 
awesome. And he was like, this shirt, there's only size, um, like extra small and small. This shirt, there's only size large. This shirt, there's only size medium. And that's going to go away really soon. And there are no sizes available in this shirt. And there's no sizes available in this shirt. And so basically, I uh, am having to push my merch until the spring. And I'm really sad about it. But but I'm not fully pushing my merch till the spring. And I'm scared to even say this on the podcast right now because so much has changed with my merch and I've been promising you guys this stuff and then it's like falling apart. So, um, but I'm going to say it anyway, there's a possibility of a one merch drop, one item, just one item this week. This week feels a little bit promised, a little bit maybe jumping the gun, but there's a possibility that I could be launching one item of merch that's a matching set, okay? There might be a matching set. You know what? I'm putting it out there because I want it to happen. So I was feeling like I maybe shouldn't tell you or I should tell you. And I'm just going to tell you, there is a strong possibility that there's going to be a matching set out into the world this week. So be looking out on Instagram because I think it's going to happen. And I haven't told Instagram because I'm scared that it may not happen I'm like waiting for one thing. And then once I get that one thing, I can put this out there. So I hope by this time it comes out, maybe it's ready to go. Who knows? Um, so yeah, that's the update. All of the things I had previously designed were ha- are having to be put on hold. I even talked about how there's one shirt that I designed that 100% of the proceeds are going to go to the RAIN organization for sec- that helps survivors of sexual assault. That's having to be pushed because there genuinely is no, like there's no items, there's no stock of anything. But this other idea that I had with my friend that we have been designing, she was like, let's just try it. Let's see if we can do it. And so I reached out. It's a completely different look than what I'm kind of doing before. And so we reached out to somebody else and they were, they have it. And so eek, I hope it comes out. That was so nerdy. Okay. I need to move on from merch because I'm now nervous that I should have told y'all because if it doesn't happen, then I'm going to be really sad. Anyways, I next life update is you guys, I have a bump on my nose and it's not just a bump. It's like really gross. If we're being honest, it's really gross. And I don't know when I'm going to be back on Instagram, like stories, not because I like, you guys know, I don't care what I look like. I'll show you no filters always on stories. If I'm looking like a hot mess, I don't care. But I do care about like grossing you out. Like I don't want to gross you out. And so I don't really know what I'm going to do. I'm grateful it's still, you know, wearing a mask is still fine because I'm basically going to have to wear a mask everywhere I go because this bump is like really disgusting. And I don't know where it came from. I'm 99% sure it came from stress. Like I'm not going to lie because like I'm not sick. I feel fine. I just had this bump. And I think it's stress related and I, it's really gross. It's like really scabby and red and disgusting. So if y'all could just be saying prayers for my (laughs) bump on my nose, I would greatly appreciate it because it's a hot mess and it really hurts. And I want to talk to you guys, but I feel like I can't because it's that gross. Like it's one of those things. It's not like I'm, you know, I am embarrassed by it, but with you guys, we're family, like we're friends. It's fine. It doesn't, I don't get too embarrassed, but it's like really bad. It's like, I don't want people to see this because I don't want them to be grossed out by me. So really cool. Um, I've been putting some Manuka honey on it, which my acupuncturist recommended. She is the best. And I was like, you know, everything I should ever use in my life. So tell me what to put on this bump because 
I need something because Neosporin is not working. And she told me about this thing called Manuka honey that can like literally heal anything. And so I bought some of that. I've been putting it on and we're healing. Like we are healing. We are taking strides towards healing, but it's just not there yet. So I'll let y'all know fully if the Manuka honey works because I like to give you guys things that can help you in your life. Um, but yeah, those are my life updates. So we might have a matching set that is launching this week. And um, I just have a really bad bump on my nose and that makes me sad. <laughs> so that's what's going on in my life. Wow. Um, and the email subscribers know other stuff that's going on too. So if you want to get into that info, you should subscribe to my email list. And I've actually been really inspired with that and have a lot of ideas for what I want to do with that list. So um, you can subscribe to that in the link in my episode notes. Okay, let's just like get into the podcast because clearly I've been talking for eight minutes about nothing and we got to get going. So we are get going with this topic because I think it'll be really good for us to talk about. But I like to be honest with you about where I'm at. Okay, Hannah, focus. Here we go. Let's talk about putting sex on a pedestal and what happens because of it. So I know a lot of us here at the Say What family grew up in purity culture and a lot of us feel very much like you know, confused about sex and felt very conflicted about sex. And one of the things that purity culture does is it puts sex on a pedestal. It makes sex to be out the worst thing in the entire world, but also one of the most important things in the entire world. And they don't really talk about details of it. They just say, don't have sex, wait till marriage. That's it. And you're expected to figure out the rest of it on your own. But because of the extreme conversation around sex and not doing it and not really going into any detail about what that means. It makes us think that like sex is this like, you know, huge forbidden fruit thing that we can't do. And like, you can do other things, but as long as you're not doing intercourse, it's fine. Like they put this, they just put it on a pedestal because of the conversations around it and how it's talked about and you know, how they, they push abstinence on you. But then also you hear sermons about marriage and how, you, you know, you're supposed to be like the sexiest woman in the world for your husband. And your husband's going to want to have sex with you all the time. You're just gonna have to push through and do it. And, and you're just going to have to be okay with it. And, and if you're not pleasing your husband, he's going to find it somewhere else. And that's not okay. And you're just expected to know how to do it. So you're, you're hearing these really conflicting things about sex. And it's very much putting it on a pedestal. Like it's not talked about in like a normal way that everyone's having sex. It's not talked about like that. It's like put on this like really high pedestal and they don't really talk about it. So it's super interesting. So you're left very confused. Um, you're left very much like, okay, well, I guess I can do like hand stuff, oral, anal. I guess that doesn't matter because that's not sex. And that, for, that my friends, is what we're gonna talk about today. Uh, I do wanna say like, starting this conversation, I don't think that the church is responsible for sex education. Like, I don't think that your, you know, your youth leaders are supposed to give like, detailed out sex education. Like that, I don't think that's the place, but when we do talk about sex, cause I do think we need to talk about sex and what that means, like being in a relationship with Jesus and having a sex drive and, and talking about it in a non shaming way, because you know how purity culture likes to make us feel really ashamed. Um, we, they the church does need to be talking about it. The church does need to be talking about it because 
you know, especially if you're like a teenager or a young adult, you're thinking about it, you, you're turned on, you want to do it and you don't know what to do about it. And you've got this idea in your head that sex is like the highest achievement thing in the world, but also the worst thing in the world, but also is supposed to be the best thing in the world. But it's just intercourse is the only thing that matters with that. And that is not true. <laughs> that is not true. And so when the church does talk about this stuff, I think it's really important to talk about like sex as like an umbrella term rather than just intercourse. And also why I think that's important is because like I, I going through vaginismus and finding like thousands and thousands of women who also have vaginismus who are Christians, like we you know, grew up thinking that this was going to work for us if we, we, you know, we did all the right things or whatever. And then we have, we get married and it hurts and we can't have sex. So then our like worth is like torn apart because we're told that's all that we're supposed to do. We're told that's what our worth is in. And so we're torn apart. And so then we also think like, oh, I can never have an intimate relationship with my spouse. Like I am, we can't become one because I can't have sex because my body is not letting me have sex. And through this process, I have learned that like, how bonding and intimate like oral and hands and other things are like with having sex and that, um, yes, I do think like, you know, intercourse has, it's a different kind of like, uh, feel, I guess. Cause it is like, you know, having a penis into a vagina, but that doesn't mean that it's like the one number one biggest thing ever because like I think that if we say that I think that is like also downplaying people who cannot but really want to and that's not fair to them <laughs> and I can say that because I have been there and I'm like I cannot do this thing that I'm supposed to be able to do and so that means I am not connecting with my husband and that's just not true because you're definitely intimate in other ways so what happens when sex gets put on a pedestal and I think there's two things and they go hand in hand, but I'm going to talk about them separately. So the two things are what happens when we when sex gets put on a pedestal. Uh, we justify and we let things happen without fully consenting to them. So they, like I said, they go hand in hand, but let's take some time and talk about we justify other stuff. So when we're not taught proper sex education, when we're not taught, you know, things like that, and it's not talked about, we are, and, and all we're hearing is don't have sex. And at this point, we, we know we are saying sex is intercourse, like penis and vagina. So that's what, when we say sex, that's what our minds are going to, right? So we're hearing this from all these people saying, don't have sex, don't have sex, don't have sex. And they're not really saying anything else. And when we do ask the question, well, how far is too far? We're immediately shamed. We're not given a clear answer. We're just told not to do it and not to think about it. And we're just told also to never hang out one-on-one -on -one with the opposite sex. And none of those things are actually helpful. <laughs> Literally, none of those things are actually helpful. And I have like Thomas and I have talked about how far is too far before and how we believe it's up to each couple to make that decision based on boundaries that they feel has set. And I trust the Holy Spirit to convict us when we need to stop doing something that we're doing. And conviction is very different than shame. We need to remember that when we're talking about this. Like, I do believe the Lord can convict, um, but he's convicting us by saying, hey, what you're doing is not what I want you to do. What you're doing is not my design. Shame says you are a bad person 
person for doing this. You are horrible. You should never do this again because you're the worst human in the world. How dare you, you know, do this thing? Like those are two very different things. Shame comes from Satan. Conviction comes from the Lord. And with the how far is too far stuff, like I feel like we should be really honest with these teenagers about that because their bodies will... Yes, they'll be turned on, but I believe if they're like walking with Jesus, they, and we're talking about conviction, like they'll be able to, to feel that conviction and, um, hopefully stick to it. Um, but anyways, we, we justify other things when we are not talked about or when all we hear is don't have sex. So we're like, okay, I guess everything else is okay. Um, and I've talked about it before. I was the girl who did everything else. And that was like really harmful for me down the road. I didn't quite realize how harmful it was in the moment of me doing everything else, but having sex. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, well, I mean, I, w- I was, sex is an umbrella term. I view it as an umbrella term now. And there's intercourse, there's oral sex, there's anal sex, there's hands, like hand jobs and fingering. And I don't know what the, ac- I don't know if there's an actual term for hand stuff. I probably should know that instead of just calling it hands. But anyways, like sex is the umbrella term for all of that. And I didn't quite realize that because I was putting sex on a pedestal. So I was justifying everything else that I was doing. And I was just like, well, as long as his penis isn't going inside me, it's okay. Even if it's like laying on top of me, it's fine. Which I'm like, oh oh my gosh, no, it wasn't fine. Um, Because because I was doing that with a lot of people, because I still felt okay that I wasn't having sex, um, I didn't realize during all of that how much worth I was putting into my, like, sex life and what I would do with guys and how that, that completely aligned my worth. So like if guys liked me and wanted to hang out after school, then I'm doing good. If a guy didn't like me and didn't want to hang after, hang out after school, I'm not okay. And I'll just like give you guys a real life (laughs) example. And, um, like I had this on and off again, uh, friends with benefits minus intercourse (laughs) relationship with this guy for like years. I mean, it was, it was senior year in high school into college. And it was one of those like senior year of high school. We didn't put a label on it. Like we wanted to be boyfriend, girlfriend, but we weren't. And then in college, whenever we'd see each other, we'd fall back into old patterns. And then like one day it just kind of stopped, um, because of something that happened, but like it it lasted for like a long time. And I realized like, when I, when, when that was happening, that especially when I was a senior in high school, um, was that when he didn't want to hang out with me, when he didn't want to do anything with me, I was like, oh, well, I must not be good enough at this. I must not be doing this right. Or maybe he really only does want me for my body, even though I'm not letting him have intercourse with me. He just wants my body and that's not okay. And I must not be pretty enough. And I must not be sexy enough. And and he, and it also added this weird layer of like, he was one of the popular guys in school. And I wasn't that, I wasn't popular. I didn't hang out with that, that group. And so I was like, oh, well, he really likes me because for me, you know, because I'm not in the, the popular crowd, but he is the popular boy. And I, I get to have, you know, have him, but, and maybe he's going to, if, if I continue to, to not have intercourse, maybe he'll 
keep being with me, hoping that one day we will, and he'll get to do that. And and there was so much of my worth was tied into this relationship that was not a relationship. He was not, he was never my actual boyfriend. Like we never had the label boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, and then I find out later down the road that he actually had a girlfriend during this that I had no idea about because she went to a different school. And genuinely, like I was not the other girl who knew. I genuinely did not know. But I put so much of my worth into this boy. And a lot of it was that I was justifying that what I was doing was okay because I wasn't having sex. And so that's why I share that with you because I, I justified it. And I think a lot of us did. I'm getting a lot of responses on Instagram of you guys saying like, yes, I did this too. Wow. This hit home. And, and this is also different when I talk about, you know, the other stuff I was doing everything, but sex, this wasn't because like, me and him had set a boundary and it was okay. And we had talked about it and I felt fully confident doing this. And it was like, no problem. Uh, no, I was definitely feeling convicted by this 1000%, like so convicted by this. And I was ignoring it. Um, this is like, the just justification. This isn't because I feel confident and, and consenting and want to do this. And like, I feel like this is a boundary that's okay in our relationship. That was not the situation. <laughs> it was very much like for him to like me, I have to do this, but I'm still a Christian. So I need to make sure that I'm not having sex. If I have sex, I'll get pregnant and then I'll die. Cause that's basically the way that they talk about it because they put intercourse on a pedestal. And that may seem extreme, but like, because I didn't have sex education, because I was terrified of like having sex because they said that they would label me, I was like, oh, I could never, ever get pregnant to the point where there were times in high school where I thought I was pregnant, but I had never had intercourse. Like I had never actually had intercourse, but I thought I was pregnant because I was like, oh, the, the pre-cum went here and did this. And I just, I had no idea. And I remember sometimes like being terrified that I was pregnant when I had not even had intercourse, but that is how much sex was put on a pedestal for me. And maybe you're hearing me say that and you're like, Hannah, that is ridiculous. Or maybe you're hearing me say that and you're like, oh my God, I have felt that too. And so I share this just for you to know that like, you are not alone if you have been there. Those are some of the most shameful moments of my life. I never thought I would share that with anybody because how embarrassing is that? But you know what? That's like, I don't care. Like I don't get embarrassed by much anymore because I'm like, you know what? This is what I've gone through. And I know for a fact, I'm not the only person that has gone through this. And so there was a lot of times justifying things that I did because I put sex on a pedestal and me sharing about my worth shows you like is, is part of a part of this. Like when I say it was damaging was because I put so much of my worth, but it was into what I was doing with guys, but it was still a conflicting thing in my head because I was like, well, I'm not having sex with them. So it's fine. When I was not acknowledging that it wasn't fine. Like I was not acknowledging that I was not fine. I was not acknowledging how I, how I was feeling and how I felt like I was like, you know, super hypocrite. And because but because I would tell you like, oh, I'm not the girl who who parties or or does or drinks. Like that wasn't me. I just would do this and. And it was because I, you know, didn't feel like I had any kind of healthy conversation <laughs> about it. Clearly, I didn't even know how you get pregnant. Um, and I, but I justified it and I was saying, oh, it's fine. But I was not fine. Like I was very much not 
fine. And what's also important here when you're talking about doing like hands and oral or anal, like those things are still connecting you to another human. And I very much know that, especially, like I said, going through my vaginismus journey and not being able to um, always have intercourse. Like I had a lot of shame feeling like I wasn't connected with my husband and we weren't fully connected because his penis wasn't going inside of me. When in reality, like we found other ways to be intimate that way. Like we found other ways to be connected and we didn't lose that intimacy just because we couldn't have intercourse. And so that also really like opened my eyes in this kind of conversation because for the longest time, like I thought intercourse was the definition of intimacy. And that isn't, I do not think that is true. I think it is definitely part of it. And I definitely do feel like more of a connection that, you know, we've had intercourse. Like I I definitely do feel that and feel that like becoming oneness, but I don't think that if you're unable to have intercourse, that doesn't mean you can't become one with your person. And that's just stuff that I didn't think about or realize until I was, you know, diagnosed with vaginismus and couldn't have sex. And so I think it's just interesting how I, you know, and and even talking about this too, I used to, I used to say like, it really feels like a lot to, to go from nothing to sex when you get married. And then I started having this realization of like, cause I would say like, well, maybe you, you should do other things before you get married. And then I was like, well, that is definitely still sex. Like I, that is very much still sex. And I can see why it is, it is designed for marriage. Um, but also like when you get married, if you are, you know, not wanting to do anything sexual until you're married, like you don't have to have sex on the very first night that you get married. Like you can, it's something that you can work up to. Um, anyways, that's, a, that was kind of a tangent. Sorry. <laughs> that's just where my mind is going with this stuff is because like, it was just really harmful. And I, and I hope that me sharing with this stuff with you doesn't bring up any like shame. And I hope you don't feel shame because that is literally the last thing that I am trying to do here. And I'm just sharing my story, hoping that you can hear it and be like, wow, me too. Like I've gone through that too. Um, and so that's what happens. That's one of the, one of the things that happens when we, when sex gets put on a pedestal is that we justify doing other stuff that we probably didn't want to do, which goes into number two. And this one really opened my eyes when I started thinking about it or when I think someone maybe had sent a a comment in, I think it's, I think it was a DM and I was like, wow, yeah, that's it. And I started thinking about it and I was like, yep, this is it. And that is that when, when sex gets put on a pedestal, we let things happen without fully having consent. And let me explain. So this is like when you're doing stuff with somebody and you feel uncomfortable, um, that you're doing it, but like in your head, you're like, well, I guess it's not as bad because it's not sex, right? Like it's, it's not sex. So it's not that bad. So I should just be okay with doing this, even if you aren't. And I'm not saying like the other person knows that you're not comfortable with it. So I'm not, I'm not saying this is like, you know, assault. It's more of the like uncomfortableness that you are feeling when this stuff happens, um, because you don't want to do it, but you're justifying it because it's not quote sex. It's not intercourse. So you think that you should be okay with this, um, when you're really not. And because, consent is never talked about in the church, um, ever. And it's, and I, I think conversations are happening now in the sex education world about consent, but it really is not talked about that much. And 
I remember, um, like just feeling this way a lot. Like I don't really want to do this, but it's not sex and I'm already, you know, I already have my top off. So, and I was okay with that. So I should just be okay with going this far. And it's not like I said no. And it kept happening. Like that's not the situation. It's just like, I didn't know that I wasn't fully consenting to it because no one had talked to me about consent. And so when sex gets put on a pedestal, this is a thing that, that good, that can happen is like, we don't recognize consent is like when you are consenting to sex, it's because, or any kind of sexual act, it's because you are 100% okay with it. You want to do it. You feel good about it. You're excited about it. So you want to do, and if it's not that, then I would say it's not consensual. And again, I'm not trying to say the people that you're doing stuff with knew and they were like assaulting you. It's, it's, it's different than that. It's just the kind of conversation you have in your head and you're justifying it. And you're, you're talking yourself into doing it basically because you're talking yourself into doing it because you've justified it and said, well, it's not sex. So it's fine. And this is not okay. Friends. I look back to Hannah when she was dating and my Hannah, myself (laughs) when I was dating and I'm just like really heartbroken, um, honestly, because of this, this thing, like this was me a lot of the time, a lot, a lot of the time. I felt like I owed it to people. Um, I felt like I owed it because I wouldn't have intercourse. So I at least should do this other stuff. Remember I had a worth issue. So, so they will like me. So they will love me. So I will be good enough. Um, cause my worth definitely was not founded in anything other than boys. Um, which is so, <laughs> was so tough. <laughs> um, now my worth is in Jesus and that is number one. And I've, I'm very confident in that hundred percent. I know what Jesus is, says about me and how much he loves me and what he has called me to do. And I find my worth in that. But I didn't for a long time. And I just look back to these times of like, man, I was not okay with that. But I justified it and I talked myself into it and I did it out of obligation because purity culture told me that like my body has to be covered up. But also when they talked about marriage, they were like, but you have to look this way and be this way and do this so your husband will like you. And so I also felt some type of way about having to be liked by boys. And it was, it was just a really confusing time, very confusing time because of purity culture. And I feel, and this is a really, really, like, I feel like I'm about to cry. Um, this is a really sucky part of growing up in purity culture is not understanding consent. And if you feel slightly uncomfortable doing something like lean into that instead of talking yourself into it. Um, and I think because sex was put on a pedestal, we felt like we should be okay doing other stuff. And that is not, that's not okay. (laughs) That is not okay. And so I encourage you if you're like, have this has happened before and you know, you're still, you're still like in the, you know, dating scene or whatever. And you're going through this, like, know that like, if you are feeling uncomfortable, like, say like you can say no you can get up and leave you don't even have to say anything you can get up and leave um and consent is just so important so important I could scream that from the top of my lungs it's so important and purity culture doesn't doesn't allow for that doesn't really talk about that so 
those are a couple of things, and I'm sure there's more things, but those are the two really big things I wanted to focus on today. Um, what happens when we put sex on a pedestal, when sex gets put on a pedestal for us, and so we we believe that for ourselves. And I feel like now moving forward, it's just it's up to us to really think about um, what we view sex, how we view sex. And all of us have sexual agency. All of us are sexual beings. And like I've like I say here all the time, like the the drive in you to have sex, like the want to to have sex, like that is a good part of you. Like that is something that is good. That should not be shamed. That should not like you should not feel bad about that. That's part of being human. That is part of the gift from a gift from God is that we get to do this and that we can do this. And so I want you to like, not feel shame about that, but also spend some time like thinking, you know, what, how you view sex, like what, like what way that you view sex. And is that like, you know, it's just intercourse or is it all these other things? And just think about how like that, can affect you and like where your worth and where your identity lies. Because also my worth lied in the boys and my identity was also in what I was doing rather than in Jesus and, and who he has called me to be and seeing the goodness of what Jesus has about sex rather than how bad it is. And that he did design it for marriage to be like a celebration of, of this intimacy, of this closeness, of this like, just gift that we have from the Lord and to be, to be for that. And I, and I believe that, and I believe I can see why it is, it is designed for that. Um, but in the same breath, I want to say like, if that is not your story, like you, I do not want you to feel any shame from that. I don't want you to feel like you have, you know, made the worst mistake in the world or you're never going to be loved again. And all those things that society and purity culture like to say to you, um, I want to say to you that you are fully loved. You are fully whole. You deserve love. Jesus loves you. You will be loved one day. This does not stop that. This does not break that. And you should not feel shame. You know, I, I saw a message from somebody when I was, when I talked about this on Instagram that said like, um, talking about, justifying other things and how, and, and she was like, um, yeah, I, I felt ashamed because I should sex is for marriage. And I was really sad when I read that because we should not feel ashamed about anything. There is no condemnation in Jesus Christ. Shame is from Satan. There is a difference between conviction and shame. Should you feel convicted? Yeah, I, I can't decide what you feel convicted about. I think we have different convictions, but I believe that the Lord is going to convict us with what he needs to convict us about. And that's what we should be leaning into is feeling conviction. We should not feel shame. We absolutely should not feel shame. That is not from Jesus. That is from Satan. And we're not doing that. We're not letting Satan get into our heads and make us feel like we are bad humans. Uh Uh-uh, not it. We are leaning into what Jesus says about us and that he loves us and that there are things that Jesus calls us to do and asks us to do and things to abide by because he has a good plan for it, a good reason for it. And um, that's like part of following Jesus is trusting when we may not understand it, trusting that his 
plan is for like for uh, for good. Like he wants good things for us. And I feel like I'm rambling at this point. Um, so I'm going to end it here. But I all of this podcast today is mostly so that you don't feel so alone in this. If you have gone through this, like if you've justified or if you've maybe let some things happen without fully having consent and not even realizing what was happening in the situation. Like I want you to know that like you are not alone and it does not have to be this way anymore. Like we are breaking out of the freaking toxic purity culture. I'm so tired of it still running rampant through our lives. I'm tired of getting messages from teenage girls saying like, my church was telling me this and I, I, I'm struggling because like, I don't believe that's true about me, but they're saying this to me. And when I say I'm tired of it, like, please continue messaging me. I, it just breaks my heart. Like I want us to change this conversation and I believe that we are doing it. I, be, I know that this like podcast and this Instagram has like a ripple effect, whether it's one person feeling less alone and talking about it in their world, or if it's the 17,000 that we've got right now, or if it's the 30,000 downloads on this episode, on this podcast, like whether it's one person or that many people, like we are making an impact. And I'm so grateful that we get to do this and we get to like break this toxic purity culture because I am frankly tired of it. (laughs) And I am not going to stop talking about this stuff until every woman feels confident in who she is, has a confident sex life, knows what Jesus says about her and like feels not so alone. Like we're just going to keep doing it. We're going to keep breaking the chains and we're not going to, we're going to break these generational curses. Like if, if you are wanting to have children and you like, we have an opportunity to speak into that and change things for the generations to come. And even if you aren't having your own children, like you have the ability to change that for, for the, for the next generation uh, under us. Cause people look up to us and see what we have to say about things and how we act. And, and we get to like help people not feel shame anymore. So, whew, I'm going to go now um, because I'm going to go do an escape room with some of my friends and I'm so excited and who knows how we'll do. Hopefully we'll do well. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, but I love you guys. I love you guys so much and I'm so grateful for this community and we will talk soon.